welcome back to the Chef Cardinelli Cooking Show live right here on American Variety Network. I'm Chef Alice Cardinelli, and I'm really glad to bring the Chef Cardinelli Cooking Show back. Now, the Chef Cardinelli Cooking Show is going to air every Sunday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on the American Variety Network. Now, the Chef Cardinelli Cooking Show was the very first podcast that I, Alice Cardinelli, ever did, and it was a very successful podcast. And those are the two reasons why I decided to bring back the Chef Cardinelli Cooking Show. And I really enjoy doing the Chef Cardinelli Cooking Show, and I find that this seems to be my most popular show. I get a lot of positive feedback from all of my listeners with this show. So I figured what? We can bring the Chef Cardinelli Cooking Show to the American Variety Network. Now, my Chef Cardinelli Cooking Show was over a year ago, so I'm very excited to revive this show. Now, on my very first episode of the Chef Cornelli Cooking Show, back tonight, you're going to need a notebook and a pen and paper, or you're going to need Microsoft Word, because I'm going to be giving you 15 of my delicious recipes. Yes, that's right, folks. I'm going to give you 15 of my awesome recipes. Now... There is no other cooking show here on Blog Talk Radio or any other cooking show in the world of podcasts that's going to give you 15 recipes in one episode. And that exactly is what I'm going to do tonight. I'm going to give you my delicious pasta recipes, my delicious entree recipes, and my delicious dessert recipes. All the recipes I'm going to give out tonight have been tested by my family. My family members love these recipes. And I even made these recipes for a restaurant when I was in culinary school. So they've been sold in a restaurant. So you guys should know that all of the recipes I'm going to give out tonight are awesome recipes. Plus tonight, I'm also going to be discussing some culinary arts related topics such as if I'm really a chef, and how and why I got into cooking, and much more. This is going to be a fun cooking show that I, the host, is going to enjoy, and you, the listener, should enjoy as well. Now, tonight's show is being broadcast live, like all of our shows here on American Variety Network, so please feel free to call in live at... One three four seven nine eight nine eight one four two with any cooking questions or to share your own recipes. All right. Again, if you have any cooking questions or you want to share your own personal recipes, please feel free to dial in at one three four seven nine eight nine eight one four two. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. The Chef Cardinelli Cooking Show goes live for the first time in one year with over 15 recipes next.
So, stay tuned, my friends. Hi, Jeremy Stillhorn. I'm tuned into the American Variety Network, where I find the shows very educational and entertaining. You are tuned in live to the American Variety Network here, live on Block Talk Radio. With a name like American Variety, you can expect a wide variety of topics. Now, let's get live here on the AV Network. Are you bold enough to call in and interact with tonight's topic? 
Well, prove it by calling in live at 1-347-989-8142 to ask questions about tonight's topic or share your thoughts on tonight's topic. Just pick up your phone and dial 1-347-989-8142 and go into a quiet location. Again, that's 1-347-989-8142. Now let's get on with the show. Podcast. 
However, don't let it fool you. Just because I said I am not a chef does that does not mean I know nothing about cooking, baking, or food. Now let me tell you guys this. I did not spend five years in culinary school for nothing. I learned a lot about cooking, baking, and food in culinary school. Now, I'm not your average 22-year-old. I bet I have more knowledge on food and cooking than any ordinary 22-year-old out there. Now, an ordinary 22-year-old, for example, would barely be able to know how to cook their own meals, which is why people my age eat out a lot. So, in culinary school, I learned a lot. I learned about knife skills. I learned how to cook large quantities of food for restaurants. I learned how to bake some awesome pastries. And pretty much, I learned the profession of culinary arts. I learned everything I'm ever going to need to know about cooking. So, I learned very fast in culinary school. I was one of the fastest learners. And I have a lot of culinary arts knowledge, even though I'm not really a professional chef. I'm more of a culinarian, a person who has studied culinary arts and knows a lot about it and is going to share all of it with you. However, like I said, I'm going to be honest with you. I am not really a professional chef. I'm more of a person who likes to cook and bake and talk about it and talk about my experiences of cooking and baking, as well as uh, some of the culinary art stuff I did learn from culinary school. So all my shows are going to be focused on a, a personal level, where I'll be talking about the recipes that I use and some of the stuff that I learned along the way in culinary school. Now, I am actually... Serve safe certified until 2020. So from five years from now, if I decide to go back to work in a culinary arts field, I can because I am serve safe certified. Now what does that mean? That means that I actually took a test to serve food safely and I passed it. Now serve safe is a state required. Uh, test that you have to have if you want to work in a kitchen. It actually requires uh, you to handle food safely, like, for example, proper cooking temperatures, proper serving temperatures, and all things of that nature. So I took the test and I passed, and now I am Serve Safe certified. That was one of the things that I did in the culinary college before I got injured. And uh, I'm really happy to be Serve Safe certified, even though right now, currently, I haven't worked in a kitchen for a little while. But Serve Safe certification in mass is a requirement. It might not be required in, in every state in the United States, but it's required in mass, and it's actually a certificate that's traveled all over the country as well. We'll talk more about SurveSafe when I actually have a guest on the show who actually works for SurveSafe. That's going to be in 2016. He's going to do a better job explaining to you what SurveSafe is than I ever could. Okay? Now, for a little while, I actually did work for a bakery 
right here in Springfield, Massachusetts, actually is currently shut down right now. And I think they are permanently closed. But I did work a couple of shifts at the Gus and Paul's Bakery in Allen Cooley Street, right here in uh, Springfield, Mass. Um, I actually baked a couple of uh, pastries and cookies and breads and stuff. And I got some good experience from working at Gus and Paul's Bakery. And when I was at culinary school, we had a restaurant, and I worked at that restaurant, and it was a very fun time. I worked in a dining room, getting experience as a waiter, and I also worked in the kitchen as a line cook, preparing foods for orders and such. And I also worked in the bakery, making desserts for the uh, school bakery. That was pretty good. So I enjoyed that as well. Now, like I said, I'm not a chef, but I'm just a culinarian or rather a good cook who wants to share my knowledge with all of you, my listeners. And by the way, I appreciate anyone who tunes into my cooking show. I love all your listeners and I love all your feedback. So thank you very much for tuning into the show. Now, technically, I could just apply for a job and enter the kitchen as a line cook if I ever felt the need to go back to work. Now, the reason I did leave uh, culinary college was two reasons, mostly. The first reason is I actually uh, developed a back issue that I had when I was younger, but the back issue um, got worse as I matured into my teenage years, and it got worse over the last couple of years. So I probably would not be better off standing on my feet working as a chef for many hours in the kitchen. If I did that, doctor said I'd probably be wheelchair-bound by the age of 40. So I made the conscious decision saying I'm going to leave the culinary arts field for now, and I'm going to drop out of culinary school. Now, two years later, I don't think that was the proper decision because now I'm stuck with a student loan, but we will have to work out that student loan somehow. But one of the major reasons I decided to leave culinary college was because of the medical issue and the fact that I was lied to during the course because I was actually studying uh, pastries and baking but we were doing knife skill classes and we were doing cooking classes, which I did not need because I already took that up previously in my culinary arts class in high school. Secondly, the second reason I decided to leave culinary college was basically was a repeat of everything I've already done in high school, and I got bored with it. I, I say, you know what, I'm not going to pay 25 grand or 40 grand, whatever it is, just to have a repeat of high school and do everything the same that I did in high school, I'm out of here. That was my attitude during the time because it really was a repeat. I was doing the exact same thing that I did in high school. I was learning how to have knife skills, how to handle customers in the dining room, and things of that nature. And I focused on that stuff in high school, so why would I repeat that? in uh, culinary college where you're supposed to be focusing on cooking and uh, things of that nature. So that's why, technically, I am not a chef. 
So hopefully that answers that your guys' question that you guys have been asking me week after week. I mean, I'm on my Facebook account right now, and I see like three or four people asking me if I'm a chef or not. So that's going to answer your question, and I'm not going to address this question any further after right now. Okay. Now, another question that was asked a month ago was, what got me into cooking? This is actually a very good question. Now, my parents and grandparents have always told me that the time I turned 18 years old, which was four years ago, I needed to be self-independent. I need to wash my own clothes, cook my own food, etc., and cooking was the first thing that I actually learned to do. I actually learned how to cook at the shocking age of only 12 years old. And I shocked my parents and grandparents and great-grandmother. Now, I remember it like it was yesterday. They all were tired from Christmas shopping and they were going to skip dinner a night. But... My brother and I were hungry. So me being an Italian, I jumped in and did something. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. The first time that I actually cooked, I was really nervous that I was going to hurt myself or burn the house down. But I did not, and I did fine. Actually, for the first meal I ever made in my whole entire life, it was rather well. Then, from there... I began cooking and baking and really never stopped. I mean, I bake and cook for all the holidays that we celebrate. I bake and cook dinner on a regular basis. I've always loved cooking and I've always will. Now, like I said earlier in the show, I also took cooking classes in middle school and then culinary arts as my primary subject in high school, and I also did a brief six-month course in my brief college tour, as I call it. Really, I think I could give credit to Food Network and my parents and grandparents for teaching me how to cook. In my honest opinion, the best way to learn how to cook is to get in the kitchen with your parents and grandparents and observe what they do. And then I also think that hands-on experience is my best way of learning. When I got in the kitchen and I started cutting up onions, cutting up tomatoes and cucumbers and cooking pasta and help bake desserts, I picked it up really quickly and that helped me learn how to cook faster. I think hands-on experience when it comes to cooking experience, it is necessary. I think hands-on experience is going to help you learn how to cook good foods faster than any sort of technology, faster than any sort of book. I think hands-on experience is going to help you cook faster, and you'll have much more fun by having hands-on experience than reading a book, let's say. Now, uh, some of the things that I actually learned to make were from my mother, grandmother, and grandparents. Now, for example, 
I learned to make a good homemade tomato sauce from my mom and then her grandparents. And a lot of the a lot of desserts that I make are actually recipes that have been passed down from my grandparents. So a lot of the stuff that I actually get into the kitchen and make are from my family. And any good cook is going to use recipes from their family because it is a tradition that always gets passed down. It's like a hand-me-down, but it's one that you actually want. Unlike those clothes that your younger or older sister are going to give you that you don't want or that you don't need, a recipe handed down from your mother or your grandmother is going to be a privilege for you to have, and nine times out of ten, the food is going to be awesome. All right? So right now, I want to talk to you about the first foods I ever cooked. Now, the very first meal I ever made happens to be my most favorite meal in the whole entire world since I was a little kid, and that is chicken parmesan. Any Italian guinea like myself loves chicken parmesan. I mean, what is there not to love about chicken parm? You've got your crispy chicken tenders or chicken cutlets breaded in panko breadcrumbs, deep fried to golden brown, then topped with a nice tangy marinara sauce and topped with ooey gooey mozzarella cheese that is nice and melted. I think chicken parmesan is an awesome meal. I also learned how to make eggs for breakfast because when I was younger, I liked to have eggs for breakfast. But now, at the age of 22 years old, I actually do not eat eggs very often. And I don't know why I don't. Know why I don't. I'm just not a big fan of eggs, I guess. Uh, not anymore. I'll have eggs once every so often, maybe like once every two months, I will cook eggs for breakfast. But that's just me. Uh, my family likes scrambled eggs and eggs over easy for breakfast. If they do have eggs for breakfast one morning, I'll probably just have like a peanut butter and jelly English muffin or something. Uh, the next food I learned to cook was French toast, one of the easiest things to cook. And if you have a young kid, they're around the age of 10 to 11, I think one of the best things to teach them how to make first is French toast because it really is easy. And then I made chocolate chip cookies, cakes, and much more. So as I got older, each year I got older, I experienced more foods. And I started baking about the age of 14. And I used to bake a lot with the cake mixes. And I used to make homemade cookies and stuff at that age. Now, I try to make as much baked goods homemade as I physically can. Uh, I like using cake mixes once in a while. But I also do like making a very good homemade red velvet cake. Okay. Now, we've got a question from one of our live listeners on Twitter, and they want to know why is cooking such a good thing to know how to do? Great question. Now, that is a question that is kind of hard to answer. I mean, cooking is really a necessity because you have to eat, and a lot of people think of cooking as a chore, but you should not think of cooking 
like a chore. And I'll explain that to you right now. I personally love cooking because I get to be able to be proud of what I make. And I know that whoever eats my food will love it. Now, to me, cooking is not a chore. To me, cooking is not a necessity. But after all, it is a fun hobby. I think of cooking as an art form. I think of it as a fun art form and a fun hobby. All right? You should think of it as as that way, too, because you are creating something that you are putting on a plate and that people are going to enjoy and like and respect you for. We all have to eat, right? So why not have fun cooking? And if you have fun and make your food with love, it will be great. Okay? Now, I often think that if you know how to cook, you're in for a great life. Because you'll have confidence in your life because of your great meals. You'll be able to pleasure women or men because of your cooking skills. And overall, you'll be an independent person. Not only that, but by knowing how to cook, you save money on ordering out all the time. Just think about it. Think about if you go to McDonald's all the time. Even the McDonald's dollar menu adds up all the time. If you order pizza all the time, if you order Chinese all the time, it can lead to about two to three thousand dollars in just about two years time or even double that so that's a lot of money if you do not know how to cook and you keep going out to eat and keep ordering takeout food it's going to cost you a lot of money all right so if you limit takeout it will be a lot less than two to three thousand dollars or even more in two years Now, you could also cook for parties, the holidays, and even just for friends. Okay? So, I think those are the reasons that cooking is a good thing to know how to do. And eventually, at some point in your life, you should be able to cook. Now, for some people, it happens to be when they're in their 30s, or 40s, or possibly even in their 50s is when they start to learn how to cook. I personally recommend, if anyone out there has kids, you should teach your kids how to cook at the age of 12 or 13 because they're going to learn a lot faster, just like myself. All right? So that is why cooking is a good thing to know how to do. Now, for all those of you who look at cooking as a chore. Make cooking fun and not feel like a chore by assigning someone else to do dishes while you cook. So if you live in a house where you have more than one person living there, I recommend that you volunteer to do the cooking and then you have uh, the other person do the dishes for you and clean the kitchen. That way you are sharing the responsibilities for dinner or lunch or breakfast, and that way you won't have to do the cooking, the cleaning, and the dishes, okay? All right, 
So we've got another question from Twitter. And this question is, do I eat just Italian food? And that is from Twitter. <laughs> oh, that's a good question. No, I love Italian food, but don't even get me going on that. I do love Italian food, but yes, I do eat other food besides Italian food. Now, I love American foods such as fried chicken, macaroni and cheese, cheeseburgers, donuts, cakes, cookies, etc. Those are all American foods. I also love American Chinese food. Now, get this, folks. American Chinese food is not even close to being the authentic Chinese food. The Chinese food us Americans eat is nothing close to the food you would find in China. But I'll tell you what, the American Chinese food, sure as hell, is tasty, addicting, and delicious. Every time I get paid on the first of each month, I usually end up having Chinese food. And lucky for us here in Springfield, Mass., we've got a couple of great Chinese restaurants, like the Peacock Chinese Restaurant and the Long Walk Restaurant. I love American Chinese food. And sooner or later, I'm going to start cooking Chinese food. And we should do a podcast on Chinese food right here on the Chef Cardinale Cooking Show exclusively on the American Variety Network. Now, I do like some Spanish food as well. For example, I love quesadillas and I love Spanish rice. But the only Spanish food I will never touch, and I don't mean any offense to any of the Spanish people out there, but I hate beans. I really do. All right? I don't eat any of those beans. I think they're too grainy. And overall, they have a disgusting, starchy taste to me. Not a big fan of beans. So if you were to give me a rice and beans plate, I would simply eat the rice and ignore the beans. But I like tacos. I like quesadillas. I like Spanish rice without beans. Uh, I like enchiladas. I like a lot of uh, Spanish food. I also like Cajun food. There is nothing better in the summertime than a nice gumbo and chili. Uh, I like Louisiana-style food. I like a lot of food, and that's a chef in me. I just don't stick to Italian food. I stick to a whole wide range of foods that I think are really good. Now, let's not forget that I, Chef Alice Cardinelli, also has a sweet tooth. That's right. I love my desserts. I love bread pudding. I love red velvet cake, which was created and introduced right here in the United States of America. So that's definitely an American dessert. I love cannolis. And that's an Italian dessert, which I just realized now. Uh, I love um, Twinkies, Oreos. So I love a lot of American sweets, I'll just say, because I don't want to sit here and tell you guys about all the desserts that I like, because it'll take us a full hour to do that. 
So the answer to this man's question on Twitter is yes, I do eat other food besides Italian. And I basically just rambled on. But the answer to that question is yes. So those are all the topics that I want to talk about on tonight's show. Now, coming up next right here on the Chef Cardinelli Cooking Show, I've got 15 of my delicious recipes that I want to share with you. So coming up next on the Chef Carnelli Cooking Show is recipe time. But first, we're going to go ahead and take our first intermission. We're going to hear two songs during this intermission, and then we're going to hear some of our infomercials. And when we come back, we're going to start handing out our 15 delicious recipes. So, live listeners and archive listeners, don't go anywhere. Recipe time with 15 of Chef Alex's best recipes is next. But first, we're going to hear some songs, and then we're going to hear our commercial. The songs we're going to hear are from Enrique Iglesias and Backstreet Boys. The first song is Hero, and the second song is I Want It That Way. We'll be right back with more of the Chef Cardinelli Cooking Show right after this. Let me be your hero. Would you dance if I asked you to dance? Would you run and never look back? Would you cry if you saw me crying? And would you save my soul tonight? Would you tremble if I touched your lips? Or would you laugh? Oh, please tell me this. Now would you die for the one you love? Hold me in your arms tonight I can be your hero, baby I can kiss away the pain I will stand by you forever You can take my breath away Would you swear that you'll always be mine? Or would you lie? Would you run the night? Am I in too deep? Have I lost my mind? I don't care, you're here tonight. I can be your hero, baby. Forever, you can take 
you have something you'd like to promote or advertise? Do you want to get some much-needed exposure for your business or your very own Facebook page or even your very own podcast? Well, look no further than Jackie's help and advice for promoting on Facebook. Jackie will help you advertise your goods and help you spread the word. I, Alice Cardinelli, have personally been great friends with Miss Jackie Wilkes, and she has a very kind heart, and she is a very sweet lady, and she will definitely help you grow like she has helped Alice Cardinelli grow. To advertise and promote your business or anything you want to advertise, please like and check out the page, Jackie's Help and Advice for Promoting on Facebook. Are you enjoying tonight's episode of the American Variety Network? Great! The American Variety Network really appreciates your listening. We also appreciate listener feedback. Please feel free to email us your thoughts and opinions on tonight's show. Our email address is AmericanVarietyNetwork at Comcast.net. That's American Variety Network at Comcast.net. You may also email us with any questions, comments, or concerns you may have about our show. You can also email us to book a guest appearance on the American Variety Network, or you may contact us to become a sponsor of the American Variety Network. American Variety Network at Comcast.net. Would you like to find out when the next episode of the American Variety Network is? Do you want to find out the news and updates for the American Variety Network? Well, all you have to do is go on your computer and log on to the social media sites. The American Variety Network is now on Facebook and Twitter. That's right, you can find the American Variety Network on Facebook and Twitter. Like our fan page on Facebook called American Variety Network. And follow us on Twitter. Our Twitter fan page is at American Network 1. Again, our fan page on Facebook is American Variety Network. Hit like. And our fan page on Twitter is at American Network 1. And hit follow. While you're here listening to this show on Blog Talk Radio, feel free to check out some of the other great shows Blog Talk Radio has to offer. There are shows for everyone, whether it be sports shows, politics shows, comedy shows, talk shows, and yes, even church religious shows. Become a loyal listener of Blog Talk Radio. Today, blogtalkradio.com. Happy Halloween from Alex Cardinali and all of us here at the American Variety Network.
we hope that your month is full of tricks and treats as well as plenty of scariness. Don't forget to enjoy some delicious candy this Halloween season. The American Variety Network suggests Reese's, Kit Kat, Snickers, and some Oreos for delicious Halloween treats. Make sure you have your candy ready for trick or treating. Happy Halloween! Halloween Tricks The American Variety Network live on Saturday, October 31st, 2015 at 9pm Eastern, 8pm Central, 7pm Mountain, and 6pm Pacific. October 31st just happens to be Halloween. On a special Halloween night, the American Variety Network will celebrate Halloween with plenty of tricks and treats, scary Halloween stories, Halloween music, and candy discussion. So ghosts, goblins, and zombies come out of your trial and tune into the American Variety Network for a special Halloween 2015 fun show. Join us Halloween night 9pm Eastern at blogtalkradio.com forward slash American Network. Happy Halloween. Listening to the American Variety Network, your only place for variety on Blog Talk Radio. Are you bold enough to call in and interact with tonight's topic? Well, prove it by calling in live at one three four seven nine eight nine eight one four two to ask questions about tonight's topic or share your thoughts on tonight's topic. Just pick up your phone and dial one three four seven nine eight nine eight one four two and go into a quiet location. Again, that's one three four seven nine eight nine eight one four two. Now let's get on with the show. Cooking Show is back on American Variety Network. American Variety Network is proud to present to you Chef Alex Cardinale and his very own successful cooking podcast called Chef Cardinale Cooking Show. Chef Alex will dive straight into your kitchen and teach you how to cook awesome meals. Are you ready for a cooking show hosted by a young, passionate, energetic, and food fun-loving chef who is going to come to each and every show with a smile? you found the right cooking show. Want to chat food or share your recipe or ask cooking questions? Great. Just dial 1-347-989-8142. Now, let the cooking begin. Chef Cardinale, take it away. Welcome back to the Chef Cardinale Cooking Show, right here, live exclusively on the American Variety Network. Tonight, the Chef Cornelli Cooking Show has officially returned. And before our intermission, I was discussing some culinary arts topics, such as I answered the question about if I was a chef or not, and I talked about how I got into cooking and some other great topics. So if you're just tuning in right now, you're going to have to catch the archived episode 
to hear what we talked about for culinary art topics on tonight's show. But we're getting ready for my favorite part of the show, and I can probably guess this is going to be your favorite part of the show as well. We are getting ready for recipe time, and recipe time is going to be a segment on each and every Chef Cardinelli cooking show where I'll be giving out my personal recipes. Each and every recipe that is given out on the Chef Cardinelli cooking show is my recipe that I either got from cooking, cooking school or from a family member. But I guarantee you it is my recipe. And every single recipe I give out tonight, I have cooked and I have baked and my family members and my personal friends have tried it and they loved it and you're going to love it as well. Okay, so we are getting ready for our recipe time. I'm going to give one last call plug. Today's show is being recorded live like all of our shows. So if you ever have any questions, please feel free to dial in at one three four seven. 989-8142, or if you want to share your own recipes, please go ahead and call in at 1-347-989-8142. All right, let's get to the fun segment. It's recipe time with Chef Alex Cardinelli. Are you ready for Chef Alex's delicious and mouth-watering recipes that are sure to taste as good as they sound? Be sure to grab a pen and a piece of paper and write down these delicious recipes. Now, let's get on to recipe time. Okay, folks, make sure you got your pen and paper ready or your Microsoft Word account open or make sure you listen accurately to get these delicious recipes. Let's go ahead and get started. My first recipe I'm going to give out is my chicken parmesan recipe. Now, what chicken parmesan is, is it's an Italian meal that consists of breaded chicken cutlets or chicken tenders or breaded boneless chicken breast that is breaded with panko breadcrumbs and it is deep fried until golden brown. And then it is topped with a nice, tasty marinara or tomato sauce or spaghetti sauce, whatever you want to call it. And then it is topped with a mixture of cheeses, usually for chicken parmesan. It, can, it could consist of mozzarella cheese, provolone cheese, and, of course, parmesan cheese. Hence, with the name parmesan, you have to have parmesan cheese with a good chicken parm. Now, chicken parm is usually served with pasta, or if you're on a diet, you can serve chicken parmesan with a salad. And sometimes, chicken parm could actually be turned into a grinder. Skip the salad and skip the pasta, and you could have a nice chicken parm grinder. Now, this recipe has significant importance to me because it is the first recipe I've ever cooked in my whole entire life. This is the first meal I ever learned to make. And I, Alice Cardinelli, 
created this very own recipe. That's right. This chicken parm that I'm going to give to you was my own personal recipe. Now, when I have kids, I'm going to hand down this chicken parmesan recipe to them as well. And I'm also handing it down to you as well. So here we go. Chef Alex's chicken parm. Now, I'm going to give you the recipe for the chicken parm. And I'm also going to give you my homemade marinara sauce. So it's a win-win for you because you're going to get the recipe to make chicken parm. And you're also going to get recipe for the homemade marinara sauce. So here we go. Chef Alex's chicken parm. You're going to need one pound of boneless chicken breast pounded thinly. You're going to need three cups of panko breadcrumbs, or you can use Italian breadcrumbs as well. You're going to need two cups of flour seasoned with salt, pepper, and Italian seasonings. You're going to need four eggs. You're going to need marinara sauce, and I have the recipe following this. You're going to need fresh mozzarella cheese, and you're going to need Parmesan cheese and fresh parsley. And on the side, which is chicken parm, you're going to need cooked al dente ziti, or you can use a salad if you're on a diet. So, directions to make my chicken parm. First, you want to pound the chicken thin. This is going to make sure that your chicken cooks evenly and is fork tender. Then, dredge the chicken in the eggs, then in flour, back in egg, and finally, finish with breadcrumbs. Place on a plate to let the breadcrumbs stick. Then you want to heat a skillet with about a quarter to a half cup of oil. Cook the chicken five minutes per side and remove from pan. Bake the chicken at 350 degrees Fahrenheit for four minutes to ensure the chicken is cooked and extra crispy. Now, place in a casserole dish the cooked chicken and top with marinara sauce and mozzarella cheese and your fresh chopped parsley. Bake at 350 for 12 minutes. Then, remove from the oven and top with Parmesan cheese and place in the boiler for one to two minutes. Be careful. You want a little golden, not burnt. Now, the final step for this great Parmesan is to cook some ziti pasta or your favorite kind of pasta for six to seven minutes, drain, keep warm, and serve with my homemade marinara sauce. Now, here is my homemade marinara sauce that my great-grandmother gave my mom and that my mom gave to me. So here we go. Chef Alex's homemade marinara sauce. One 10-ounce can of diced tomatoes. One 10-ounce can of tomato puree. A half can of tomato paste. One large onion, chopped. Two garlic cloves, minced. One fresh bay leaf, fresh basil and parsley. One cup of Parmesan cheese and Italian seasoning. 
and that can include salt and pepper, garlic pepper seasoning, dried oregano, and your personal favorite seasonings. And you also need a half teaspoon to two tablespoons of sugar to reduce the acidity in the marinara sauce. Now, depending on how acidic you like your tomato sauce or your marinara sauce, it's going to depend on how much you add. Now, you can add anywhere from half teaspoon to two tablespoons. Generally, I go with one tablespoon of sugar. Directions to make my marinara sauce. I sweat the onions and the garlic in a little oil for 12 minutes. Then I add the diced tomatoes and the tomato puree. Heat for 10 minutes. Then add your tomato paste. Add your fresh herbs and seasonings and heat for 20 minutes on low heat. Remove the bay leaf and add a small amount of sugar to reduce acidity. Enjoy. All right, so that's my first recipe for the evening. Now it's time to move on to my next recipe, and that is chicken marsala. Now I first learned about chicken marsala in cooking school, and when I first found out about it, I was like, wow, that sounds good, mushrooms, marsala wine, and chicken. And when I first found out about chicken marsala, I was like 17 or 18, and at the time I saw it is kind of cool to cook with wine, and I was like, I want to cook this, and I asked my chef the day that we were opening the restaurant, can I make chicken marsala? And my chef, that was my instructor back then, he actually loved chicken marsala, and he was really excited that I asked about it. So we actually did make chicken marsala, and it sold a lot. So it was a, it was a successful uh, entree that we made. It was great. So ever since that day, I've always liked chicken marsala because I simply love to cook with wine, and I love mushrooms, and of course, chicken is one of my personal favorite meats and favorite kind of poultry. So chicken marsala is actually another Italian entree that comes from the town of Sicily, I believe. I might not be correct, so don't quote me on that, but uh, it's an Italian entree that is really popularized right here in America because a lot of Americans love their wine, and Marsala is a nice, sweet, dry, fortified wine that us Americans love. Anyways, let's get straight to the recipe. Chef Alex's Chicken Marsala. One pound of boneless, skinless chicken breast. A half cup of flour seasoned with salt and pepper and Italian seasonings. One to two pounds of portobello mushrooms or any mushrooms that you enjoy. One onion chopped small. One scallion chopped small. One to one and a half cups of marsala wine. A half cup of chicken broth. One tablespoon of flour and four tablespoons of butter. Now what the flour and butter is going to do is create a roux to thicken your sauce. Now, dredge the chicken and flour and saute in two tablespoons of butter, three minutes on each side. Now, don't worry if the chicken is not fully cooked. 
that will finish in the sauce. Add your onions and saute for four minutes. Add your mushrooms and your shallots and cook for five minutes. Then stir in your flour and remaining two tablespoons of butter and combine with spoon until paste forms. This is the roux that is going to thicken your sauce. Now pour in your marsala wine and chicken broth and cook and reduce for five minutes. Add the chicken back in and heat through for five minutes. Serve this delicious chicken marsala with pasta or rice and vegetables. Now on to my third recipe, which is Chef Alex's Chicken Franchise. Now, Chicken Franchise is a chicken dish that is made with a lemon sauce. It's made with lemon juice, white wine, and some flavorings, and usually chicken broth. Now, this is similar to a chicken dish made with a lemon blanc, but not quite because not that much butter is added to a franchise sauce. But it is still really good, and usually the good franchise does contain a little bit of butter. Now, the reason I like chicken franchise is because this is a recipe that I learned from culinary school. I was asked to make chicken franchise for the restaurant, and of course I did. And the chef told me, I want you to uh, take a chicken franchise into the break room on your lunch. And I want you to give me your full, exact opinions and thoughts on this meal. And I was like, okay, I will do that. And I tried the chicken franchise, and I have to say it really is a great meal. And it turned into one of my personal favorite meals. As a cook... You're going to hear me say that I have a lot of personal favorite meals, but i got to tell you, chicken franchise is one of those um, comfort foods that I really enjoy. It's got a great lemony flavor, and the chicken is fork tender. Anyways, let me go ahead and give you the recipe that I use for chicken franchise. Here is Chef Alex's chicken franchise. You're going to need one to two pounds of boneless, skinless chicken breast. You're going to need a half cup of seasoned flour. You're going to need eggs whisked with a teaspoon of lemon juice. You will need one cup of any good white wine. You will need a half cup of lemon juice. And you'll need one tablespoon of butter. So what you're going to do is you're going to dredge your chicken first in flour and then in the egg and then back into the flour. Now I want you to heat a skillet with a half cup of oil and make sure the pan gets hot before you place in the chicken. Then when your oil is hot, add your chicken and cook for three to four minutes on each side. And again, do not worry if your chicken is fully cooked or not because we're going to finish it in the sauce. Now, I want you to remove your chicken after 8 minutes or so and keep it warm. Drain your oil and clean your pan. Then, you're going to add your butter, and you're also going to add a little bit of garlic as my secret ingredient. I use a half teaspoon of garlic. Then, I want you to pour in 
your white wine and your lemon juice. And another secret ingredient I use, I want you to add a half cup of chicken broth. Let that reduce by a little bit. Then you're going to add a slurry of cornstarch and water. So what you're going to do is you're going to take a half teaspoon of cornstarch and mix it with a little bit of water until you get a nice paste. Put that into your franchise sauce and continue to whisk until a thick sauce forms. You want it to look like a gravy, sort of. Then you're going to add your chicken back to the pan and heat for about two to three minutes until your chicken is fully warmed again. And you're going to serve this chicken franchise with pasta, rice, or any sort of side you like. I like to top my pasta or my rice with that delicious franchise sauce. It is really good, friends. All right, moving on down to a pasta recipe for our fourth recipe. Now, I call this my chicken and broccoli pasta delight. Now, I came up with this recipe a couple years ago because I loved chicken and broccoli alfredo. But unfortunately, uh, for some reason, my stomach cannot handle alfredo sauce anymore. And I was quite disappointed because chicken and broccoli alfredo is actually a good pasta meal. And I actually still wanted a chicken and broccoli pasta meal, but I came up with a solution. Now, I told you guys how much I love the combination of white wine and lemon juice. Well, since I couldn't have Alfredo anymore, I came up with what I call the chicken and broccoli pasta delight, which features a white wine lemon sauce as the sauce instead of a heavy Alfredo sauce. It's a really good recipe. And for those of you who like Alfredo, but you love the combination of chicken and broccoli pasta, and you're on a diet and you want to skip that heavy, rich Alfredo sauce, this recipe is for you. Now, two years ago, when the Chef Carnelli cooking show was originally started, I had a good friend of mine by the name of Joyce Wilson, who actually created this meal. She used my recipe, and she actually sent me a picture of it. So this is one of the few recipes of mine that actually have a listener interaction. So I hope that all the recipes that I give out here in 2015 and 2016 get you, my listeners, involved. And if you do use my recipes, I do appreciate you letting me know your thoughts on the recipe, and hopefully you can send me some pictures as well. I'd love to hear what my listeners are cooking from my recipes. Anyways, here we go. Chef Alex's Chicken and Broccoli Pasta Delight. You will need one to two pounds of chicken cut into chicken nuggets about two inches thick. You will need one onion chopped. You will need one to two pounds of fresh broccoli or frozen broccoli, whatever you choose. You need one pound of portobello mushrooms. You will need two cups of white wine. You will need a half cup of lemon juice. And for roux ingredients, because we need to use roux, thicken the sauce, you will need two tablespoons of flour and two tablespoons of butter. And you're also going to need salt, pepper, and seasonings to season your sauce. So what you're going to do first 
is you're going to cut your chicken into nugget-sized pieces, and you're going to saute that in a big saute pan with a tablespoon of olive oil. And I want you to season your chicken with salt and pepper in the pan, and you can use any kind of seasoning you want to season your chicken. Now cook your chicken until it's about halfway cooked. At the halfway point, I want you to add in all of your vegetables, which includes the onions, the mushrooms, and the broccoli. Now, I want you to cook that for about eight minutes. Then, your chicken should be fully cooked, and your vegetables should be tender. Now, you're going to add in your white wine, your lemon juice, and your chicken stock. I think I forgot to mention you will need chicken stock. And you're going to need a half cup of chicken stock for this recipe. So add in your wine, your lemon juice, and your chicken stock, and simmer for 10 minutes. Then, I want you to take your two tablespoons of flour and two tablespoons of butter and combine the flour and butter until it turns into a nice paste. Add that to your sauce and let the butter melt and keep stirring. That is going to thicken that beautiful sauce. And serve it over your favorite kind of pasta. I think linguine, fettuccine, ziti, and even penne works well with this kind of awesome pasta. The Chicken and Broccoli Delight by Chef Alex Cardinelli. Alright, so my next recipe is another, another pasta meal, but it's a classic pasta meal that I know you, my listeners, are going to love. It is a baked macaroni and cheese recipe. And tonight, I've got two macaroni and cheese recipes for you. Now, this recipe right here, the baked macaroni and cheese recipe, is a recipe another one of my loyal listeners cooked. And it's a recipe that one of my personal friends cooked. My personal friend and loyal listener, Jeff T., made these uh, made this macaroni and cheese recipe. And he actually likes it. He's a big macaroni and cheese fan. And uh, he enjoyed this macaroni and cheese. And this recipe I got from culinary school as well. So here we go. Chef Alex's baked macaroni and cheese. And like I said, there is nothing better than homemade macaroni and cheese. I love baked macaroni and cheese. And my recipe for a baked macaroni and cheese is cheesy, crispy, and delicious. Every bite is going to ooze of delicious cheesiness. Now, on to the recipe. Chef Alex's baked mac and cheese. You're going to need three to four pounds of macaroni, and you can use elbows, rotini, or penne, or whatever kind of pasta you like. You're going to need one and one-fourth cup of all-purpose flour. You're going to need one stick of butter and a tablespoon of butter on the side. You will need one and a half cups of chicken broth. You're going to need 10 cups of milk. And you will need four to five bags of any cheese. More if you like cheese or less if you don't want to over-cheese your mac and cheese. You can use your favorite seasonings. And optional for a crispy topping, you can use breadcrumbs or Ritz cracker topping. 
Now, you want to preheat your oven to 350 degrees Fahrenheit. Now, melt your butter in a big pan. Add flour and whisk until a thick paste forms. Add your milk and chicken broth a little at a time and whisk it in. Now season with your choice of seasoning. Turn heat to medium and let simmer for 10 to 15 minutes until thickened. Add cheeses and as they melt, whisk them in. And that is your cheese sauce for your macaroni and cheese. Now in a baking pan, combine your pasta and cheese sauce. Add your topping, which could be breadcrumbs or um, ramp or, or uh, um, or cracker crumbs, and add some more cheese. Now bake this baked macaroni and cheese for 30 to 40 minutes at 350 degrees Fahrenheit. It's a really good baked mac and cheese recipe. All right, now if you're not a big fan of the baked dry mac and cheese, but you have a crock pot and you still want to do homemade macaroni and cheese, boy, oh boy, do I got a solution for you. This is perhaps my favorite macaroni and cheese recipe because I, too, like cooking in a crock pot. So, here is Chef Alex's crock pot macaroni and cheese. It is very creamy, cheesy, and has a bit of flavor to it. But it's actually very rich, and it will fill you up very quickly. So maybe that's a good thing as well. But this is my favorite mac and cheese. Here we go. Chef Alex's Crock-Pot Mac and Cheese. You will need two pounds of elbow macaroni. You're going to need four cans of Campbell's Condensed Cheddar Cheese Soup. You're going to need eight ounces of sour cream. You'll need a one-eight-ounce bag of cheddar cheese. One ounce bag of Monterey Jack cheese. You'll need mustard cheese, cut in chunks, Parmesan cheese, Italian seasoning, and one tablespoon of mustard. And you're also going to need a half cup to one cup of milk, depending how creamy you want it. And you also need a little bit of butter. Now, if you're not a big fan of sour cream, you can totally omit the sour cream, which means take sour cream out of the recipe. I made macaroni and cheese tonight without the sour cream, and I gotta tell you, it tastes just like that Stouffer's baked macaroni and cheese at the grocery store, but much better and homemade. Now, directions. You wanna cook your elbow pasta until al dente, about six to seven minutes. Turn your crock pot on medium to medium high. Add your butter and melt it. Then put your pasta in the crock pot. Add a little bit more butter until your pasta is coated. This will prevent your pasta from sticking. Then you're going to add that Campbell's condensed cheddar cheese soup. That's going to be like your soup. That's going to be like your cheese sauce. And then you're going to add your sour cream and mix until combined. Let it cook in a crock pot for 15 minutes. Then you're going to add one 8-ounce bag of cheddar cheese to your mac and cheese. Give it a good stir and wait 10 minutes. Then you're going to add the next bag of Monterey Jack cheese. Give it a good stir and wait another 10 minutes. 
And then you're going to add your Parmesan cheese. Give it a good stir and wait a minute. And then you're going to add your seasoning and your mustard. And if you want it creamy, you can add your milk. Now, I add my milk during uh, the time that I add my dark cheese soup and the time that I add my sour cream. But the original recipe that I saw online asked to add the milk when you add the cheeses. However, I found that it did not cook properly. So I advised if you're going to use the milk, make it creamy, add the milk when you add the, the cheese soup, and you add the sour cream. Now once you've added all your cheeses, you're going to let this cook for about 30 minutes, and you are ready to serve. This is a great recipe that I know is going to be great for Thanksgiving because Thanksgiving is coming up really soon, and it's going to be great for any time for anybody that loves macaroni and cheese. All right, so now let's get on to garlic bread. Us Italians love garlic bread. I cannot stress that enough. And I want to give you my homemade garlic bread recipe. So what you're going to need is a fresh Italian bread loaf. And you want to slice that. Or you can already buy pre-sliced. Italian bread as well. You're going to need some butter, one stick of butter, and you want to melt that stick of butter on the stove. Now this melt, you want to add either fresh garlic or about a tablespoon of garlic powder. To the garlic powder or the garlic, if you're going to use fresh garlic, I would use one clove. You want to add some parsley. You can use dried parsley or fresh parsley, and you want to chop the fresh parsley really small. You're also going to want to add some Parmesan cheese, about half a cup. And then you're going to stir that together. Now, I want you to take a food-safe brush, like a brush you would use to put barbecue sauce on a chicken, and I want you to dredge the Italian bread with the garlic butter that you just made. Then you're going to take some mozzarella cheese and place it on top of the garlic bread. Pop the garlic bread into a 350-degree oven for about five minutes. And there you have it. Delicious, cheesy garlic bread that you all are going to love and enjoy. All right. My last cooking recipe for you, my last entree recipe for you, is my delicious meatloaf. Now, as a kid, I did not care for meatloaf. I did not like meatloaf, but as I got older, my teenage years, I started loving meatloaf, and to this day, at the age of 22 years old, I still do like meatloaf. So here we go. Chef Alex's meatloaf. You're going to need one pound of ground beef, one pound of ground pork, one pound of ground turkey. I use Italian seasoning, so I use a full tablespoon of Italian seasoning. I use a half teaspoon of salt. I use a couple pinches of ground black pepper. I also use about a half cup of breadcrumbs, two eggs. I use a little bit of Parmesan cheese, and I mix these together with my hands. Not over mix, they're going to have a very dry dry meatloaf, and dry meatloaf is disgusting. 
So once you have your meat mixed, and if it's not too, uh, if it's not put together well enough, add another half cup of uh, breadcrumbs, and then form that into a log. And then for a sauce, I combine ketchup, mustard, and barbecue sauce, and I think it's pretty good actually. I saw that on Food Network as one of the hosts of a Food Network show was making an American meatloaf, and he used that as a sauce, and it is very good. Now, if you don't like the combination of uh, ketchup, mustard, and barbecue sauce, you can use like a sweet chili sauce, or you can use marinara sauce, or you can skip sauce altogether, because honestly, I think meatloaf was good on its own. You don't need a sauce. So what you're going to do after you put your sauce on the meatloaf is pop it in a 350-degree oven and cook it for 40 to 45 minutes or until it's test out done and the temperature reads 160 degrees Fahrenheit. And that is my meatloaf recipe. Okay, folks, that is all my cooking recipes that I have for you. Now I am getting ready for my delicious dessert recipes. But I'm going to rest my voice for a few minutes because I do have a cold, and I don't want to sound like a hoarse throat talking. So I have two more songs I'm going to play, and after these two songs, I'm going to give you my wonderful dessert recipes. The first song is called Holy Grail by Jay-Z, and the second song is called The Real Slim Shady by Eminem. And when we come back, I've got a great chocolate chip cookie recipe. I've got a great M&M cookie recipe. And I've got some other great cookie recipes as well as a cheesecake. And I believe I have my red velvet cake recipe I'm going to give you. So stick around, folks. Funk Master Flex Night. Funk Master Flex
Mama, please just get my bail. I know nobody to blame. Kirk Cobain did it to myself. Uh.
Diddy. And Dr. Dre said, nothing, you idiots. Dr. Dre's dead. He's locked in my basement. <laughs> Feminist women love Eminem. Ticka, 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 slim shady. I'm sick of him. Look at him walking around, grabbing his you-know-what, flipping the you-know-who. Yeah, but he's so cute, though. Yeah, I probably got a couple of screws up in my head loose. But no worse than what's going on in your parents' bedroom. Sometimes I want to get on TV and just let loose. But can't. But it's cool for Tom Green to hump a dead moon. My bum is on your lips. My bum is on your lips. And if I'm lucky, you might just give it a little kiss. And that's the message that we deliver to little kids. And expect them not to know what a woman's clitoris is. Of course they're gonna know what in the course is. By the time they hit fourth grade, they got the Discovery Channel. Don't they? We ain't nothing but mammals. Well, some of us cannibals who cut other people open like cantaloupes. But if we can hump dead animals and antelopes, then there's no reason that a man and another man can't elope. But if you feel like I feel, I got the antidote. Women wave your pantyhose, sing the chorus, and it goes. I'm Slim Shady, yes, I'm the real Shady. All you other Slim Shadies are just demonstrating. So won't the real Slim Shady please stand up, please stand up, please stand up. Cause I'm Slim Shady, yes, I'm the real Shady. All you other Slim Shadies are just demonstrating. So won't the real Slim Shady please stand up, please stand up. Got a cuss in his rap to sell records. Well, I do. So fuck him and fuck you too. You think I give a damn about a Grammy? Half of you critics can't even stomach me, let alone stand me. But Slim, what if you win? Wouldn't it be weird? Why? You guys can just lie to get me here so you can sit me here next to Britney Spears. Excuse me, Christina Aguilera better switch me chairs so I can sit next to Carson Daly and Fred Durst and hear him argue over who she gave head to first. Little bitch, put me on blast on MTV. Yeah, he's cute, but I think he's married to Kim. <laughs> Download our audio on MP3 and show the whole world how you gave him an MVD. I'm sick of you little girl and boy groups, all you do is annoy me. So I have been sitting here to destroy you. And there's a million of us just like me, who cuss like me, who just don't give a fuck like me, who dress like me, walk, talk, and act like me, and just might be the next best thing, but not quite me. I'm Slim Shady, yes, I'm the real Shady. All you other Slim Shadies are just imitating. So won't the real Slim Shady please stand up?
Okay, folks, we're back here live on the Chef Cornelli Cooking Show, and we are going to continue our recipe time with some great dessert recipes. So I see that we only have about 20 minutes left, so let's go ahead and uh, finish with our great recipes. So the next recipe I'm going to give you, which is the first of five dessert recipes I'm going to give out, is my chocolate chip cookie recipe. Now, this recipe means a lot to me because this was given down to me by my great-grandmother who passed away in 2008, and she loved to bake delicious homemade chocolate chip cookies, and her cookies were awesome, by the way. So I have her recipe, and I get to make them when I feel like a nice batch of homemade chocolate chip cookies. Now, I love soft and chewy cookies, and these are exactly them. Now, if you prefer crispy cookies, make sure you bake these cookies for 10 to 11 minutes. So, here is my recipe, Chef Alex's Chocolate Chip Cookies. You will need one cup of butter-flavored shortening, or you can use one cup of butter if you prefer, you will need three-fourths cup of white sugar, three-fourths cup of brown sugar, two eggs, two teaspoons of vanilla extract, two and a quarter cups of all-purpose flour, a teaspoon of baking soda, a teaspoon of salt, and two cups of milk chocolate chips. You want to preheat your oven to 350 degrees Fahrenheit, and you want to line your cookie sheets with parchment paper. Now, in a large bowl, cream together the butter, Flavor shortening or the butter, brown sugar, and white sugar until light and fluffy. Add the eggs one at a time, beating well with each addition. Then stir in the vanilla. Combine the flour, baking soda, and salt, and gradually stir into the cream mixture. Finally, fold in the chocolate chips. Drop by rounded spoonfuls onto the prepared cookie sheets. Now, Bake for 8 to 10 minutes in the preheated oven until light brown for your soft and chewy cookies. For crispy cookies, bake 10 to 12 minutes. Now, allow cookies to cool on a baking sheet for 5 minutes before removing to a wire rack to cool completely. All right. Now, my next recipe is M&M cookies. Now, M&M cookies bring me back to my childhood because I loved having M&M cookies as a kid. And this is actually my mom's recipe. So here we go. M&M cookies. One cup of packed brown sugar. A half cup of white sugar. One cup of shortening. Two eggs. One and a half teaspoons of vanilla extract. Two and a half cups of all-purpose flour. One teaspoon of baking soda. One teaspoon of salt. And one and a half cups of M&M's. In a large bowl, mix together your sugar, eggs, shortening, and vanilla thoroughly. Add your flour, salt, and baking soda to creamed mixture. Blend well. Add three-fourths of a cup of M&M candies. Drop dough by a teaspoonful on the cookie sheet. Slightly push a few candies on top of each dough ball with remaining candies. Now bake at 350 for 9 to 11 minutes or to your liking. And that's a delicious M&M cookie. 
Now, my next recipe is another recipe that my mom makes for the holidays, and they're called peanut butter blossom cookies. Now, a peanut butter blossom cookie is a peanut butter cookie that is topped with a Hershey Kiss candy. So it really is that classic combination of peanut butter and chocolate. And my mom has been making these since I was a kid for Christmas. So it is kind of a Christmas tradition. And they are a very delicious cookie. And I know that all my listeners out there are going to enjoy this recipe if you love peanut butter and chocolate. So here we go. My mom's peanut butter blossom recipe. Ingredients, a half cup of Crisco butter shortening, a half cup of creamy peanut butter, a half cup of firmly packed brown sugar, a half cup of sugar, one large egg, two tablespoons of milk, one teaspoon of vanilla, and one and three-fourths cup of all-purpose flour, one teaspoon of baking soda, a half teaspoon of salt, and sugar for sprinkling the dough. Now, when I make this recipe, I don't use turkey kisses. I either use Reese's peanut butter cup, the minis, or I use mini Snickers. I think that uh, the peanut butter cups or Snickers work well with this recipe. So you can use any kind of candy you like. You can even use Twix or Kit Kat. Or you can stick to the traditional recipe and use Hershey's if you wish. Directions. Treat your oven to 375. Cream together the shortening, the peanut butter, the brown sugar, and a half cup of sugar. Add egg, milk, and vanilla and beat well. Stir together the flour, baking soda, and salt and make sure you sift that. Add the cream mixture. Begin on low speed until stiff dough forms. Shape into one-inch balls. Roll in sugar and place two inches apart on ungreased cookie sheet. Now bake for 10 to 12 minutes or until golden brown. Now top each cookie immediately with an unwrapped candy piece, pressing down firmly so that cookie cracks around edge. Remove from cookie sheets to cool. All right? So those are all of my cookie recipes for tonight. And all three of them are delicious, so I hope you give them a try. Now, let's move on to real desserts. We're going to start with the cheesecake recipe, and then we'll finish with our last recipe, which is a red velvet cake, and it's going to lead to three separate recipes. But first, let's get to our cheesecake recipe. And this one is a very, very good uh, recipe. Now, we just did a primetime baking episode on cheesecakes a few weeks ago. And this cheesecake recipe is also featured on that show as well. But I figured I'd give it out on this show, too. So, Oreo cheesecake. Like I said on the primetime baking show a few weeks ago, I love Oreos and I definitely love cheesecake. So it's a win-win. I actually created this recipe when I wanted to take the classic Philadelphia cheesecake recipe and add my twist to it and add Oreos and heavy cream. And I was like, I think the cream is going to create the cream part and the Oreos are going to create the cookies 
part, and I was going to make a cookies and cream cheesecake. And I got to tell you, as soon as I created that recipe, it was a huge success. My family loved it. My brothers loved it. My parents loved it. Everyone that came here for Christmas that year loved it. And I've always made the cookies and cream Oreo cheesecake ever since then. For Easter or any time I have extra cream cheese and Oreos lying around, I make a cookies and cream cheesecake. So here we go. The Easy Cookies and Cream Cheesecake by Chef Alex. Two packages, eight ounces each of cream cheese, softened. A half teaspoon of vanilla, a half cup of sugar, a half cup of heavy whipping cream, a fourth cup of milk, two eggs, six Oreo cookies, coarsely chopped, about three-fourths of a cup, and one Oreo pie crust. Now, preheat your oven to 325 degrees Fahrenheit in a large bowl. Beat cream cheese until smooth. Gradually mix in vanilla, sugar, milk, and whipping cream and mix until smooth. Add eggs one at a time until blended. Stir in a half cup of the cookies. Pour mixture into your Oreo pie crust. Sprinkle the remaining chopped cookies on top. Bake for 35 to 40 minutes or until center is almost set. Cool and refrigerate four hours or overnight. A very, very good recipe. All right, my final recipe for tonight's show is my personal favorite cake and possibly one of my personal favorite desserts of all time, and that is red velvet cake. I love red velvet cake. I found out about red velvet cake on Valentine's Day one year when I was working in the bakery of my high school culinary uh, department. And uh, I got introduced to it. I was told to make red velvet cake. I did, and I liked it ever since then. It's got a great chocolate flavor. And let's not forget about the deep red coloration and the beautiful, tasty cream cheese frosting. So I've been hooked on red velvet cake. So here's Chef Alex's red velvet cake. Nothing better than a homemade red velvet cake, in my opinion. So here's my recipe for a nice, moist, and delicious Red Velvet Cake with three recipes because I fill my Red Velvet Cake with a no-bake cheesecake. And then I frost that Red Velvet Cake, no-bake cheesecake with another layer of cream cheese buttercream. So I'm going to have the recipe for the no-bake cheesecake as well as the cream cheese buttercream right here, right now for you guys. Let's start with the Red Velvet Cake. You will need one stick of butter softened, two and a half cups of sugar, two eggs, two ounces of red food coloring, and that is one whole bottle. Now, I suggest using one and a half bottle for a bloody red coloration, which is very pretty. And you want a bloody red coloration for Christmas. You will need two tablespoons of cocoa powder. You will need one cup of buttermilk. You will need two and a quarter cups of cake flour, a teaspoon of vanilla, and a teaspoon of baking soda. Cream together the butter and the sugar. Add the eggs one at a time. Beat well after each addition. Now, in another bowl, mix together the red food coloring and cocoa to form a paste. Add this to the cream mixture. On low speed, add the buttermilk and flour alternately, beginning and ending with flour. Mix well. Do not overbeat. Add vanilla. 
stir, van- stir in vanilla, blend in baking soda. Grease your cake pans. Place batter evenly into greased cake pans and bake at 350 for 25 to 30 minutes and cool. Now, for the filling, no-bake cheesecake. You're going to need 16 ounces of cream cheese, which is two packages, and I suggest using Philadelphia brand. Yummy! You'll need three cups of sugar, one teaspoon of vanilla, and lemon juice. Directions. Mix all together. Cool the red velvet cake as soon as they come out of the oven. My suggestion is to sit them on the table and then put them in the fridge. Once completely cool, it has to be cold. Place a cheesecake filling into the center of the cake. Place a top layer over the cake. Place in the fridge and let the cheesecake part harding for two hours. Then take out of the fridge and frost with cream cheese, buttercream. Use any red velvet crumbs for garnish, or you can use cherries or strawberries as well. Now for that cream cheese buttercream I just mentioned. Eight ounces of the cream cheese, a half cup of butter softened, one teaspoon of lemon juice or extract, one teaspoon of vanilla, four cups of powdered sugar, and a small teaspoon of milk. Cream together the butter and sugar for three minutes. Add the extracts. Add the powdered sugar two cups at a time. And add a small amount of milk and you are good to go. There is your cream cheese buttercream. All right, ladies and gentlemen, those are all of my recipes for tonight's show. Now, I hope you guys will all enjoy my recipes, and I hope you all will use my recipes. All right? Now, if you do use my recipes, please let me know your exact opinions and thoughts on the recipe. Let me know how it comes out for you and how it tastes. You can either IM me on Facebook at Alice Cardinelli or send me an email at American Variety Network at Comcast.net. I hope you guys use all of my recipes. Now, I know that I went over the recipes kind of fast. So, to get my recipes, I really recommend listening to the show in the archive file and jotting them down. Now, in the archive file, you can actually stop and pause. Uh, the part of the show to uh, write down what you need for the recipe. Or I can al- I can actually uh, reply to an email with the recipe. So if you want me to send you a uh, recipe that I gave out on tonight's show, please email me at AmericanVarietyNetwork at Comcast.net, and I would be more than happy to send you one of the recipes that I gave out tonight, or I could send you all 15 as well. So if you want a recipe, I advise, please re-listen to today's show and fast forward to the recipe part and write down the recipes or email me, American Variety Network at Comcast.net. All right, folks, that's going to do it for us tonight here on the American Variety Network. For the first time in one year, the Chef Curry Cooking Show is officially back And I'm glad to see so many of you live in the chat room. That means I had a lot of live listeners. So I am very excited. This proves to me that the Chef Cornelia Cooking Show is always going to be successful. And like I said, 
The Chef Cornelia Cooking Show is going to air every Sunday at 9 p.m. Eastern. So that's going to be very exciting. And I hope all of you enjoy learning to cook and bake with Chef Alex Cardinelli. Okay? So next Sunday at 9 p.m. Eastern, we're going to talk about American food. And I'm going to give you my delicious American food recipes. Next Sunday at 9 p.m. Eastern, learn about the different kinds of American food. For example, we'll talk about New England food. And New England is famous for clam chowder, whoopie pies, and other foods like that. We'll talk about the Cajun cuisine from Louisiana and stuff. So next Sunday, live right here on the Chef Cornelia Cooking Show at 9 p.m. Eastern, we're going to talk about American foods, and I'll have about 10 or 11 American food recipes for all of you, my great listeners. So please tune in next Sunday at 9 p.m. Eastern for another episode of the Chef Cardinelli Cooking Show. All right, guys, that's a wrap for tonight's show. I hope you guys enjoyed today's awesome show. Now, please follow us on Facebook. The Chef Cardinelli Cooking Podcast. Click like on our fan page and join our fan group, Chef Cardinelli Cooking Podcast. And if I get enough followers on that group, I'll post all of our recipes on that group. So make sure you check us out on Facebook. Add me as a friend on Facebook, Alice Cardinelli, and talk about my show there. And uh, follow us here on Blog Talk Radio, blogtalkradio.com forward slash American Network. Don't forget, we're also on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and much more. Cooking and food lovers, thank you so much for tuning in to tonight's episode of the Chef Cardinelli Cooking Show. Chef Alex Cardinelli and the American Variety Network are proud to bring back the Chef Cardinelli Cooking Show. Tonight's show proves how successful the show is going to be. Thank you so much for tuning in. We appreciate your listeners. And we appreciate your listenership. Thank you so much for tuning in. And we'll see you next Sunday. Have a great weekend, everyone. And happy Columbus Day. Good night, everyone.